So I was 17 years old. I was standing right outside the door. You could hear the, the steady buzz of the crowd. Uh, the music was loud, getting louder. My stomach was full of butterflies. Um, I couldn't stand still. I kept shifting back and forth on my feet. Tucked my jersey in again. Um, checked my shoes again. Focused. The door opened. Boo started. It was game time. I stepped out onto the hostel court. You know, piano. Piano was being poorly played in the background. But all I could hear was my heart trying to beat out of my chest. I was maybe 10 years old. My parents were convinced that, you know, I ought to learn piano. This was my first recital. Probably playing like hot cross buns or something. Dun 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 dun. I'd never played in front of people before, that many people. My palms were sweaty. I wondered how they would stay on the keys. I heard Miss Free say my name and a word of introduction. Somehow I stood up and started knee shaking, throat dry towards the front. Another story. I was I was five. Uh, granddaddy had his his hand resting on my shoulder. It was the only thing keeping me from toppling over and falling down to the asphalt. I gripped the handlebars a little tighter. He got me started faster and faster and faster. He ran. I began to pedal, and then he let go. His hand no longer touching my shoulder. Each of these moments uh, captures something. What it feels like to leave a place of comfort and venture into the unknown. Uh, Moving from the locker room to the basketball court. Moving from the comfortable seat between your parents uh, to the stage at a piano recital. Moving from the secure grip of your grandfather and towards the beautifully frightening freedom of your first solo bicycle ride. Um, you know, in one of those places, you're safe. The next moment, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, of course, each of uh, those stories and moments had an end and received an outcome. You know, first resulted in some pretty disappointed home fans after the Warriors came in and took a victory back to West Caldwell. Uh, the second had... You know, another bad rendition of hot cross buns, but also a little boy who realized that he could do something that seemed intimidating. The third had uh, led to to a kid, you know, riding his bicycle down Plantation Drive uh, with his grandfather smiling in the background. Um, You know, it's it's the space between the initial leap into the void, the moment when granddad takes his hands off your shoulders uh, and the safe arrival at home that I would like to think about with you today as we begin a new series in the gospel of Luke titled on the road it's that space between you see uh, Luke's telling of the life of Jesus can be roughly divided into three sections each one of them distinguished by a particular place if you want to know the whole gospel of Luke here it is Uh, The first part of Luke deals with the birth of Jesus and his early ministry around his home 
there was a comfortable sort of region of Galilee. Galilee is the safe place and the familiar place that Jesus and his disciples know well. The last part of Luke tells the story of his time in Jerusalem. That's the place which he enters triumphantly, where he succumbs to death on a cross, and where he rises victoriously from the grave. That's Jerusalem. But you know, there's a middle section in Luke that connects the safety of Galilee with the climactic victory of Jesus in Jerusalem. That is the space between. And this uncertain and transitory space is described in Luke chapters 9 through 19. Ten chapters in which Jesus travels through Samaria, a place that wasn't very welcoming to Jewish people. Ten chapters. A journey. The time between certainty and victory. The place where Jesus mainly tells Stories. You know, it is clear to me, uh, or about to you, it's clear to me that whatever comfortable places we used to inhabit, uh, well, those have been in the rearview mirror for some time now. Um, it's also clear to me that we have not yet arrived at the other side of this global pandemic and that we might not experience the total victory that we hope for anytime soon. And so it is my hope that as we travel with Jesus through Samaria, in Luke's 10 chapters here, it's my hope that we might better understand how to live in that in-between space that links past comfort to future victory. Because a lot happens in that space in between. So I want you to listen carefully and listen well to Luke chapter 9, uh, a little part of verse 51 and then verses 56 through 62. Hear now the word of the Lord. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face towards Jerusalem. And in 56, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you'll go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but, but let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, as Jesus uh, starts this journey, Luke reminds us of three things that Jesus says kind of right at the beginning of that. 
three things that help us recognize the magnitude of what it means to walk with Jesus from comfort to victory. So, you know, for many of us, it's easy to hear, it's easy to hear a call to a Christian life and say, absolutely, that's exactly what I want. Uh, Jesus, bring it on. Praise the Lord. Let me hear that call and let me respond. It's, it's easy for us to find our voice in the throat of the man calling out uh, to him from the very beginning of that journey. I'll follow you wherever you will go. Or at least we think it's easy to hear that and to respond. Uh, it's probably much harder for us to hear the words of Jesus, uh, the words that Jesus very clearly finds important enough to share with this man declaring all his wonderful intentions. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, this is not a walk in a park. This is not a comfortable journey. Comfort was in Galilee. That's, that's the place you've left. Comfort was the locker room. Uh, you know, comfort was the cozy seat between your parents at the recital. Comfort was knowing that granddaddy was holding you up on the bike. This journey is not going to be that, says Jesus. Uh, traveling with Jesus means that the one thing you will not have is comfort. And for 21st century people living in by far the wealthiest, most comfortable, and most comfort-addicted society, and I'm saying that loud and clear, uh, having a good vantage at my own heart, of my own heart, um, the most comfort-addicted society ever known on the face of the earth, I dare say that we need to heed. We need uh, we need to heed and to hear Jesus' words very carefully. Being on the road with Jesus does not begin or end with our comfort. It begins and ends with the one uh, with whom we walk. Second thing Jesus says, follow me. Yes, it's hard, but the invitation is always there. Jesus wants you with him. It's kind of hard to communicate and to say personally uh, through your computer screen, but I want you to hear me saying this to you. Jesus wants you with him. Jesus wants us to navigate life and uncertainty, and COVID-19, and unemployment, and virtual college graduations, and the fitful reopening of society, and the loneliness of home life, and the new birth of children with him. Walk with me, he says, navigating um, the new, journeying through Samaria, journeying through this unwelcoming space um, as we move from comfort to victory. Walk with him through that. It's his invitation. A man speaks up. Uh, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Reasonable request, right? In response to which Jesus states almost unreasonably, I feel like, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Um, that's not a command for COVID-19. Um, a command that comes with incredible urgency, doesn't it? The kingdom of God is at hand. Announce it. Death comes, doesn't it? Yes. Death comes to us all. 
Every minute, 106 people die. You can multiply that up. Our task uh, in comfort, our task in victory, comfort, victory, our task in the space between those two is to announce a message, uh, to bear a word of unimaginably good news in a world dominated by death. That news is that with Jesus, the kingdom of God arrives. With Jesus, death isn't the end. With Jesus, not only do you live forever, but you also get swept up into this massive mission of, uh, of God's to draw all humanity to himself, to restore that which was broken, to in love and in freedom bring people uh, to everything that is beautiful and good and true. There is nothing more urgent, says Jesus. Nothing. Maybe you might think just a minute about maybe some of the excuses that you allow to creep in and, and get in the way. Um, Lord, I, I want to follow you, but, but let me go and figure out you know, the answers to all the questions I have. Lord, let me first go and, and get my career in good shape. And, and then, uh, well, Lord, now, you know, let, let me get married. Uh, Lord, uh, let, me, let me have a few kids. And, and then once they get a little older, we'll, we'll get them in, in church, Lord. Maybe, Lord, maybe after I retire, you know, uh, I got to finish strong here where I got to get my 401k up. Uh, Lord, um, you know, I'll have more time then. Lord, well, you know I was never able to get much golf in with my buddies on Sundays at 11, but now that's when they play. And Lord, after I take care of my parents who are, who are failing, uh, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Oh, that's what the man said, isn't it? Let, let me go and bury my father. Jesus says, leave the dead to bury their dead. Go proclaim the kingdom of God. It's a hard journey, but there's nothing more urgent for you. Maybe now in this cultural moment, we can see that more clearly than we have before. Yet another says, Lord, I'll follow you. Uh, but first let me go say goodbye to those at my home. And again, Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The journey through Samaria was hard. We know that. We know that very clearly right now. We are traveling it. And Jesus is quick to let us know that the walk with him will not be easy, but he also tells us that there is nothing more urgent. And now finally, he calls us he calls us to be all in. You can't be wishy-washy about this thing. You can't run on to the court and then go back in the locker room when you feel like it. You can't pedal and stay where you are to stay and stay where you were before. The invitation is to go all in. The invitation is to make the journey. The invitation is go on the road with Jesus. Have you gone all in yet? Or you may be still kind of weighing your options and giving a few last tugs to the things that you used to love so much about your nice, comfortable life in Galilee. If you're trying to do that, it just doesn't work. It isn't possible. Friends, it is time to commit. 
That's actually one of the gifts of the journey, having to make that decision and making it. And there's tremendous freedom that comes with it. Man, home and comfort, so alluring. And yet, even that is not permanent. We thought it was, but now, clearly it's not. Uh, Embarking on that journey, jumping and going all in, making that leap actually brings so much freedom. I encourage you to make it. Of course, even though it's hard, uh, even though the journey is always urgent, even though it requires everything from you, it is totally worth it. We can't go back to pre-COVID-19 anyway, right? But when you walk with Jesus, you walk with the Savior of the world. You walk with the one who spoke the universe into being. You, you walk with the one who made you in all of your particularity when he could have made anyone else in the world, but he chose you. You walk with the one who loves you. You walk with the one who wants nothing more than a relationship with you forever. But you also walk with the one who is not going to force that upon you. He gives you freedom. He wants you to choose. He wants you to say yes. He wants you to love in return. And of your own volition, uh, you walk with the one who is who is honest with you. How many people in your life are really honest with you in love? Some people are super honest. Some people love and won't say, who, who does both? Who speaks the truth to you in love? Jesus does that. Who will show you with what isn't quite right about you, actually? What needs to change about you, actually? What, what you need to give up, what you need to take on. When you walk with Jesus on this road, you walk with the one who died in your place so that you needn't fear death anymore. You walk with the one who was promised to never leave you and to never forsake you. You walk with the one who travels, who moves creation from its beginning to its new beginning. You walk. Follow me, says Jesus. And along the way, I'll tell you some stories that will help you know how to really live. You know, in Presbyterian, we're going to spend some time with those stories in the weeks ahead. We're going to spend some time with Jesus on the road. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.